Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. All right. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is the Monday, February 26th edition of the show. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. Hopefully everybody's having a good Monday thus far. I am recording. Of course, this is the drive-in show. Uh, figured out that doing the morning routine can uh, can actually be a lot useful because I can have the day to be able to get it done and put it out for you because when I try and do this stuff in the afternoon with the children and the wife and all the stuff that has to be done at the house, it is almost impossible. So, uh, good gracious. What a, what a good weekend. College basketball is rolling right now. Uh, certainly excited about March Madness, uh, but this is a college football show. Let me tell you, winningcureseverything.com is the website. Uh, that is the, uh, the one-stop shop, of course. You can subscribe on YouTube. If you want to watch this video, uh, these drive-home shows or drive-in shows, uh, you, can, uh, you can become a member on YouTube. It's $2.99 a month, $2.99, uh, because, look... On this video, you're going to see some of my whereabouts, and I'm trying to keep that somewhat private. Somewhat private, but either way, either way. So, uh, yeah, YouTube, subscribe on the podcast as well. Share out the show, tell your friends about it, and leave a nice podcast review. I would really appreciate that. Uh, apparently, it helps with Apple and Spotify and whatever. It puts it puts this show in front of other people. So that is the uh, that is the goal, that is the idea that is what we would like to do, because uh, I'm going to be doing these multiple times a week, even in the off season, etc. There are going to be plenty of shows and plenty of things for me to discuss. So, uh, topic number one for this Monday is Tennessee and Virginia got their injunction against the NCAA. Basically, what that means is the NCAA cannot enforce their rules. Uh, they cannot stop NIL from being an inducement for recruiting. So people can pay players. People can do whatever they want to do. There is no limit to what can be done. And I don't know if Tennessee or if the states of Tennessee and Virginia really knew what they were doing when they when they did this. The rules for the NCAA were already kind of jacked, right? We We all know that. But... By putting in that there's effectively no rules at all, uh, this is going to get absolutely wild. But we already know that we are moving to the point where, you know, we're going to have uh, basically employees. We're going to have employees. Student-athletes are not going to be student-athletes anymore. It's just, and, and maybe they will be, because if you go back and look, um, you know, the guys that, uh, 
I forget what they're called. Good gracious, I'm blanking, which is not great for podcasting. Uh, but guys that are uh, in the medical field, that are going through school at the same time that they are also uh, working at hospitals, those are still considered, like, they're employees and they can unionize, but they're also still considered students. So there are different rules in place for those people. So I wonder if there is a way for us to do that as far as uh, the student-athletes are concerned. But, uh, you know, Tennessee, before they even got a notice of allegations, uh, went ahead and filed a lawsuit, got Virginia on board with them, and, and now they are moving right along. And do I think it's ridiculous that, you know, that the NCAA was going after Tennessee in the first place? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think it's... It's kind of dumb. Like, why why on earth would you, uh, you know, put yourself in that position if you're the NCAA? Because you already know. The Supreme Court has told you, Brett, Ka- uh, Brett Kavanaugh told you, that if you come back, like, nothing that the NCAA does is technically legal. So they're, they're going to get shut down every single time. And... I, you know, I, I'm I'm curious what the can of worms is going to be now that it's been opened. What is this going to lead to? Uh, because I, I think it could get could get dire, could get weird, could get really really uh, interesting. And that's that's putting it mildly, I think. Uh, but yeah, they got the injunction. Tennessee can go about their business, doing whatever they want to do. They can pay Nico as much as they want to pay him. They can pay whatever other athletes they want to pay. Uh, but so can everybody else. And that's the deal. And, and it's already been going on, but, man, uh, the, the NCAA, I don't know how bright they were by bringing this, but at the same time, you got to try something, I guess. Uh, so Charlie Baker, you know, he's doing his thing. He's uh, he's not concerned about transfers and all that other mess. So we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see. Uh, number two on the list, UCLA has hired – uh, the former Commanders and Chiefs OC, Eric Bieniemy as their associate head coach and their offensive coordinator. Now, this is a really good hire for UCLA, we think. We think. Um, but I think that it does point out that nobody in the NFL wanted Eric Bieniemy. Uh, there was It was a huge outcry for years that, you know, how in the world did Eric Bieniemy not get a job? He's the offensive coordinator that has Patrick Mahomes and, you know, all these different playmates. He, Tyreek Hill, etc. Uh, he he could not get a job. And he tried to be a head coach uh, for a while. And nobody would hire him. And I remember a lot of the talking heads wanted to make it about race. They wanted to make it about all these other things. And the fact of the matter is, the only NFL team that would hire him this past cycle was the Commanders. And then that entire coaching staff got fired, and now he's gotten through an NFL coaching cycle, and nobody wanted him. So now he is headed back to college, and and not as a head coach, right? Because there was talk about him being Colorado's head coach before Deion Sanders. And, you know, I find it interesting, right? Because, you know, if, if you want to push this narrative of, you know, college coaches going to the NFL – other people are trying to push the narrative of NFL coaches going back to college. 
the only reason Eric Bieniemy goes back to college is because he can't get a job in the NFL. Like bottom line. So, but at the same time, while it is, you know, interesting that nobody wanted him in the NFL, I do still think that it's a good hire for UCLA. UCLA, I think, has has struck gold here because they do have some offensive pieces. They do have dudes that uh, Eric Bieniemy can run an offense with, and his NFL experience can really help him uh, going forward. Like I, I think with UCLA going into the Big Ten, he can do some things because a lot of the Big Ten runs, you know, very pro, very pro style stuff, and I, I think, I think that what he does uh, will be suited for this. So I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I do think that, you know, here's what I really want to know: What's the recruiting going to be like? Is he going to be expected to recruit? That, that's, that's going to be interesting. So, very curious what uh, what that is going to end up looking like, uh, but he is he has fallen uh, off the NFL tree, is what it looks like. Fell on off the NFL tree. Uh, number three, Texas A&M safety Jacoby Matthews entered the transfer portal as a graduate transfer. So that's why he's able to enter the transfer portal right now. He's already graduated from Texas A&M. Uh, the timing seems interesting because they've not started spring practice yet. I figured he would at least get through spring with uh, Mike Oko. Uh, and this is a guy that, you know, it's not like he hadn't played for Mike Elko. Elko was just there two years ago. So, you know, this guy knows Mike Elko. Uh He wanted to play for him at some point. Uh, but I'm very curious. Like, maybe he just doesn't get along with the defensive staff that came in. Uh, we'll see. But... I found that to be intriguing that something has gone on and he just decided that somewhere else is going to be better for him. Um, I would not look for him to be uh, one of the ones that goes over to Alabama to kind of restock the cupboard there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I imagine he's going to go somewhere else, and he'll probably go somewhere where he can get a pretty good bag, uh, I would imagine. Like It it seems like that that's the, the thing going forward. Wherever you go, you can get some money, and we'll see, you know, what it looks like. Um, Alabama seems pretty shored up as far as the safety position goes, but uh, remember, Alabama does run a 4-2-5, uh, so you're going to have basically three safeties, maybe three cornerbacks. It kind of depends. One of them is going to be a nickel, so it would be a hybrid of the two. Uh, Jacoby Matthews is a stud, absolute stud in the secondary, so we'll see what happens there, but... I mean, he could go to Michigan and take over Saab's uh, spot. He could go to uh, any number of places. And so I'm, I'm very curious where uh, where he will end up. I haven't seen any rumors thus far, but we shall see. We shall see. Uh, let me go on and tell you first, thank you for watching, listening, all that good stuff. I uh, certainly appreciate that. Uh, if, you, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, like the video. And if you are on the podcast, of course, uh, leave a nice review. All that kind of stuff. That would certainly help me out. Help me out tremendously. And uh, share the show. Tell your friends about it. Let me tell you right quick about Ticketsmarter. Ticketsmarter.com. They are your ticket spot. Your third-party ticket spot. You can get cheaper tickets on there. And you can save a little bit of money with our promo codes. Right? Tickets are expensive. Tickets to anything are expensive. Whether you want to go to a concert or a big sporting event, whatever. Uh, We are getting ready for March Madness. You know, NCAA tournament games, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be expensive. 
So, <clears throat> if you spend $100 on tickets, you can use the promo code WCE10, and then you're going to save $10 on a $100 order or more. Uh, if you spend 300 on one of these big events, you know, Final Four coming up, uh, $300, you can save $20 by using the promo code WCE20. WCE20 or WCE10. Uh, save money any way you can on anything these days because the economy is crazy. Uh, everything costs an arm and a leg. So I would, I would highly recommend that you, that you save money at any of these things. And so TicketSmarter.com, uh, the Ticket Smarter mobile app, both of those, WCE10 or WCE20, uh, Think Smarter, Ticket Smarter. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, number four here, very interesting topic. Could the CFP find a way to keep the G5 out, you know, starting in 2026 and beyond? Liberty's performance against Oregon did not go well in the Fiesta Bowl this past year, right? Uh, Obviously, I think that all of these other conferences want to avoid a lawsuit. The CFP wants to avoid a lawsuit. Um... The only way to be able to keep the G5s out is to get rid of the automatic qualifiers, right? No no more auto bids. That would be how you were able to keep them out. That's basically what they did for the longest time with the four-team playoff. Uh, but even then, you still got Cincinnati in there one year. Uh, your, your playoff teams, you know, over the 10 years of the CFP, when it was four teams, um, if you had expanded that to 12 and did the highest-rated group of five team, you would have had Western Michigan in there. You would have had Tulane in there one year, Memphis one year. Uh, you would have had Houston a couple of times. You would have had UCF a couple of times. You would have had Cincinnati uh, twice instead of just once. Like, it, a lot of those teams are already in the quote-unquote P5, even though there's not five anymore, right? So a lot of the, some of those teams that have already made it, they are already in the Big 12 now. So, uh, SMU, who looked to be the next one up, who appears to have really hit their coaching hire with uh, Rhett Lashley, now they're headed to the ACC. So, they have an opportunity as well. But you still have teams like Memphis and Tulane, etc., UTSA, uh, Troy, App State, whatever, that, I guess Boise, that could potentially make a run at this thing. If, if you don't believe that that whatever those teams are, are going to be one of the best 12 teams going forward, the only way to do it is to get rid of auto bids. But, uh, you know, Ross Dellinger had an interesting article over at Yahoo where some of these coaches were anonymously saying that, it, I guess complaining, that they have become a farm system for these bigger conferences. And while I do understand where they're coming from because they recruit these, you know, young kids and they develop them and they become these uh, these stud players, uh, it you're going to have this happen all the time because 
they're getting a better opportunity. Uh, we saw guys from UAB go to Alabama, uh, UTSA go to Ole Miss, you know, whatnot. And, and it's hit or miss whether or not they're going to be good at the next level. But they should be afforded that opportunity to go wherever it is that they want to go going forward. At the same time, there are kids that are four- and five-star recruits that, you know, go into these bigger programs, they can't see the field, and they will go back to the G5 and whatnot, and they'll be able to shine in that situation. So it's not like, you know, it's not like they're not getting players. It's not like they're just losing their entire roster year over year. Uh, it's just a different way of going about things. But I'm, I'm curious about the CFP and what they're going to end up doing. It seems like, for the most part, these conferences are more worried about getting auto bids than they are keeping the G5 out. But I still get a little bit worried. I started thinking about it over the uh, the weekend. And, you know, with as bad as Liberty looked in that spot, I, I think that SMU probably would have been a better option. Now, SMU did not exactly look great in their... Uh, in their Fenway Bowl appearance against Boston College. But regardless, I think if you put SMU in, you know, one of those bowl games, uh, one of those New Year's Six games, eh, you probably would have gotten a little bit better performance. I don't know how excited they were to be in Boston, uh, rainy day playing in a baseball park. But either way, you know, it, it, motivation goes both ways. There are SEC teams and Big Ten teams that don't want to be in some of these bowls. Well, it's the same thing for AAC teams that thought they might have a New Year's Six spot and instead get relegated to uh, to the Fenway Bowl. So, uh, topic number five. Former Texas A&M co-offensive coordinator James Coley. He was slated to go to South Carolina. And instead of going to South Carolina, this man uh, got over to Columbia and then got an offer to go be Georgia's wide receivers coach, and he took it. Now, what's interesting about that is Coley was the offensive coordinator in 2019 at Georgia, and he kind of got let go. He, he was told to find greener pastures. So um, now he's coming back as the wide receivers coach, and I find that dynamic incredibly interesting. Uh, winning is fun, but I don't know that – after a few years, if I was told to uh, hit the bricks, that I would be going back to the place that, uh, you know, was totally fine with letting me go. And, and again, this is something that Chris and I used to talk about frequently. And that is, sometimes you can get promoted to the point of failure. Coley, I think, is a really good wide receivers coach. Really good tight ends coach. A really good recruiter. But was he a good offensive coordinator? Eh, probably not. Probably not. Um, you know, he was the, the co-OC along with Bobby Petrino, but everybody knew that that was Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher's thing. Like, it, Coley wasn't calling plays. He, he might have been involved with uh, the offensive game plan week after week. But now he goes to Georgia. Uh, Mike Bobo is your OC there. You're not going to have to worry about Coley. Um, but I did find it weird that South Carolina hired him, brought him in. He was already in Columbia. And Georgia, you know, sends out the bat signal, and he comes right on back to Athens. So James Coley headed back to Athens, Georgia. He will be Georgia's wide receivers coach. Uh, Number six, Iowa State could be in trouble. And the reason for that is uh, this happened 
over a week ago, maybe. Uh, but it, it's something that I wanted to talk about on here, and I don't believe that I have. Uh, the, Lo- the Los Angeles Rams hired their offensive coordinator, Nate Skielhaas, uh, as their passing game specialist. And, look, Iowa State's bringing back a ton of returning production, uh, but Nate is 33 years old and had really done some good stuff with Rocco Beck. I mean, everybody assumed that Iowa State was going to be uh, an under team last year. They lost just a ton of guys that, that Iowa gambling probe that was going on that, that investigation. Uh, they lost their starting quarterback, Hunter Decker. They lost uh, several starters on the offensive side. And that was already with the fact that uh, they didn't have a ton of returning production last year. And yet they found a way to score some points, and the offense looked considerably better than they had in quite some time. And I think Nate had a lot to do with that. Uh, but now he is headed to the NFL. And, I, again, I, I don't think that this narrative that coaches are trying to get out of college football is accurate. Uh I don't think Nate had to worry too much about, you know, grinding and recruiting and keeping his players and all that kind of stuff. I think Iowa State was pretty set. But, you know, you get a chance to go coach under Sean McVay uh, if you're an offensive guy. And, yeah, it's kind of hard to turn down. So it's not like he's not going to have an opportunity to get back into college football if the NFL thing does not work. But... Yeah, I think that's going to be rough for Iowa State going forward. Uh, what is Rocco Beck going to look like with a new offensive coordinator, especially when this uh, when his OC left right before spring practice? That's going to be interesting. Um, moving on to topic number seven here. Uh, Duke linebacker Memorable Factor announced on X, and this got a ton of traction uh, over the past few days. He announced that he is opting out of EA College Football, you know, the, the video game, until all P5 walk-ons get into the game. And, yeah, sounds like a noble cause, sure. I guess, if you want to call it that. But let's let's not kid ourselves, right? Uh, this is a linebacker at Duke that had no stats from the last two years. He is from London, England. So... It's not like he played this game back when he was a kid, right? Um, I I don't I just don't know how much of a uh, how much of an impact this is going to have. But it did get shared a lot on X or on Twitter um, because people, of course, were like, "Oh my goodness, here we go! We we've got one that's opting out. Like, who's going to be next?" Well, I, I doubt there's going to be very many that are next. Uh, this kid probably should have signed the paper. And probably should have signed in and got his $600 because I don't know, one, how awesome of a name is that? Memorable Factor. Like, that's pretty awesome. Um, but two, I mean, how many NIL deals is this guy going to get? Right? I, I think it's any any of these players would be wise to sign in for this because it's it helps with marketing. You can get your name out there. People will know who you are. Kids will know who you are. I think it's a huge deal to be involved in this game. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Um, over 5,000 players have already opted in. Uh, deadline appears to be April 30th, so you got like two months to do this if you are a uh, college football player. But I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm still really excited about it. We're still probably going to do a video on it later in the week about all of the things that we know about this game thus far. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty stoked, pretty stoked about this. 
All right, topic number eight. Um, we've only got nine today. Um, this one comes from Reddit CFB. All right, and and I love getting some news there. I, I love being involved in that platform. Uh, somebody posted the other day. Do you have a newspaper clipping from a specific game or moment? And it talks about you know college football. Um, and I don't have a clipping from a college football game. Now I'm 41 years old. Uh, I did live through the age of newspapers and whatnot, but I do know that on my father's desk where he works, he has a clipping that shows from the 1995 Iron Bowl. It's got Alabama wide receiver Curtis Brown catching a touchdown pass from Freddie Kitchens, and it shows his feet inbounds, and it shows him with possession of the ball. Now, 1995 is before they put in instant replay so that you could not review a play, but the referees said that Alabama was out of bounds, that the catch was made out of bounds, and it set up a fourth down. Freddie Kitchens threw the ball out of the back of the end zone. Auburn ends up winning 31-27. to This was at Jordan-Hare. Crazy stuff has been going on in that stadium in the Alabama-Auburn game for years. Years. So this one, 1995, Gene Stallings was the head coach. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that's the deal. Uh, the reason why my dad has that that uh, picture has that newspaper cut out is to remind him and he's told me this multiple times that life is not fair and that you control what you can control and that's it and I, I think it's a good lesson to have um, and at least nowadays it, it does give you an example of how far this sport has come because at one point they didn't even have instant replay review I mean, that's just wild to think about. Uh, but they didn't have enough cameras and stuff back then. But there were photographers that took pictures back then, and they showed that Curtis Brown caught the pass, and Alabama should have won that ball game. Uh, but regardless, that's uh, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. At one point, Auburn was uh, undefeated against Alabama inside Jordan-Hare Stadium for uh, for quite some time. And, uh, and it just continued on. Just continued on. So, uh, last topic of the day. Uh, this one also from Reddit. What college football change will make you stop watching the sport? Well, I don't know that there are a lot of things that would make me completely stop watching, right? There's there's just not a ton. Uh, actually, I don't know if there's anything that would make me stop completely. But I do get the feeling that I will be less invested in this sport uh, if if we end up moving to the Super League, right? This idea that we're moving to, you know, 32, 34 schools, whatever, if it's only the SEC and the Big Ten playing in this certain division, uh, if they move it to that, then, yeah, I'm probably going to be less interested. I I don't really care about the players being employees. Uh, There's no rule change, like, if they change the kickoffs uh, to where, you know, if, if something happens with kickoffs or whatever else, it's not going to affect me that much. I will still watch. So, I I would, I will still watch this sport no matter what. Uh, and it's because of, of how invested I am in, you know, the properties. Like, uh, how, how invested I am in the SEC, in the Big Ten. 
in in those kind of things. But would it just become another professional football league to me? Uh, I don't I don't get that tied into the USFL, but I don't have the same bond with you know the Birmingham Stallions or the Memphis Showboats or whatever that I do with you know Alabama, with Memphis, with these uh, teams that I grew up watching. It's just not the same. So I don't know again that there's anything that that would make me completely stop. But I am curious your thoughts. Uh, you know, toss them to me on Twitter at GaryWCE. Uh, all that fun stuff, right? I'm I'm curious what you think. What would make you stop watching this sport? Uh, because there are there's been a lot of changes, and there's going to continue to be a lot of changes. And I don't think that just putting the biggest brands against each other all the time. The novelty might seem fun at first, but after a little while, uh, it's going to become old hat, and we'll see. You know what ends up happening. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the NFL has it right, and you know if the Packers are playing the Giants or whatever, it's going to draw a huge number, and it doesn't matter. But I'm, I don't know. I, I I'm very curious uh, what the broader public is going to think about this sport going forward because. By 2026, there's going to be a lot of things different. A lot of things different. All right. Like I said, follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. We're also over uh, at Winning Cures. Uh, WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. Subscribe on YouTube and on the podcast if you've not already. I would certainly appreciate that. Uh, With that said, we're going to go on and get out of here. Uh, I don't think there's anything else we need to add. Oh, Ticket Smarter, WCE10, WCE20. You guys know the deal there. Uh, But with that said... Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless college football. And uh, hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.